pudding, and the pudding in this case is a football. Boom! Eat my goal! The goalie has got football pie all over his shirt. Welcome to this uh, episode of Down the Pool Podcast. On this one, we get to review the first Wanderers game of the 2023 season. Uh, it's so nice to be able to say that. Um, actually having some action to review. Uh, how how did uh, your weekend go, Gary? Were you excited for the game? Where did you watch it? I was very excited. Yeah, I couldn't wait for everything to get going again. I watched it in my living room on the sofa. So I think I think a lot of people did the same because as far as I know, um, Fubo, obviously it's on Fubo, but I'm not sure that one soccer's license on Fubo is for commercial use. So I'm not sure the bars have the games even if they've got fubo but i might be wrong on that that's like secondhand information so i didn't want to like chance going to free house or somewhere only for them to be showing the man city game rather than halifax so yeah what about yeah. you where did you watch i had the same i i asked uh, my wife is at work so i had to watch it from home on uh on fubo I, were you uh, babysitting at the same time yeah well well like yeah i was like um the kids were taking their nap so i got to watch the first half uninterrupted and then they woke up uh half time so the second half was Mate, a little next, bit yeah it's next a, time just give them a little, little, little nip of whiskey off you go off you go lads that, that's how i got to watch the first half so <laughs> that, <laughs> you're like i want the scotch myself <laughs> no my uh my wife came home and so i was able to watch most of the second half and uh yeah it was it was, it was a really it was a really good game. Like you could tell, obviously that was the first game of the season, and it was it's kind of not cagey, but there was a couple of errors from both sides, kind of in the first few minutes, and then mm. I, t- I felt the Wanderers settled way quicker than what um, uh, Ottawa did. I thought they were like really on the front foot from the get go. It was kind of exciting to see, to be honest with you. It was kind of like, here we go, this is what it's all about. Mm. <laughs> how, how did you find yeah, like the? Yeah, the first half, like uh, I kind of wanted to ask you like a little bit about the way that we were set up, um, and just um your your thoughts on uh how you think that the players performed to the system that was set up. Like, did they all do their bits properly? Yeah, big time, and it's it's really nice like having the first game at Ottawa because they have that nice high camera angle there. So it's not like Pacific where you can't see anything on the other side of the pitch. Like with Ottawa and Forge, you can really see the whole pitch and you can really pick up on shapes and things like that. So straight away you look at us and like talk about a contrast in styles. Like it's literally like watching us against Ottawa is like watching. 2012 football against 2023 football like Ottawa big time 4-4-2 team like two big strikers compact no space between the lines like really kind of it's Diego Simeone isn't it it's that sort of football whereas we're playing this kind of more fluid rotational football and which which personally I find a lot easier on the eye like I'm not saying it's a better way of playing so I don't think that exists but to my personal taste, it's a lot nicer. So yeah, like you look at our shape straight away and like we talked about this a while ago, this idea of like two fives, like you've got your, of the 10 outfield players, you've got five attacking players, five defensive players. So our five defensive players, Ferrazzo, Nimic, Omar, James and Lorenzo. Lorenzo as a midfielder, but just kind of sitting in. 
um, Ferrazzo from the right back position dropping in and like kind of screening all across the the midfield to like always be the free man. And then you've got our five attackers, like Kosi back to goal, looking for wall passes, Rampy and Daniels as the tens kind of like interestingly, the tens given us a lot of our width. They would kind of like switch out to be our wide players, and the wide players would switch in to be like our central attackers as well. So that shape looked really nice. And you can just see straight away how well coached we've been over the over preseason. Like the amount of like do you kind of know what I mean? Like the difference between principles of play and pattern play. If yeah. you like, yeah. Yeah. Cause I like a principle of play would be when we lose the ball, we're compact. A pattern would be okay. When the six has it, he plays it into the striker. The striker lays it off to the eight, the eight plays it into the fullback and all of that. And you can just see those patterns all over the pitch. Like the whole of that first half, it was like, yep, that's from the training ground. Yeah. That's from the training ground. Yeah. That's from the training ground. <laughs> and it was just, it was just really, it was really fun to watch and, and you're right, like it wasn't perfect because it is the first game of the season and a couple of times the touches weren't quite there. But but overall, I thought we looked I thought we looked really good and just so different, so different and so fresh. And this is only the start. So I I can't wait to see what it evolves into over the next six months as well. Yeah, I had a few people like I was talking to there and it, like they actually wrote me prompting them had said that. Uh, Halifax look really good and I think it probably took a lot of people by surprise considering the the way our season ends last year and the way we're playing to see like it almost do like a 180 where you know we're not willing to just sit back and soak up pressure and hope to hit people on the counter we're actually able to we have the players who are actually able to um bring the ball forward and actually like make passes like that like uh, even like in the first uh, five six minutes was a uh, like a fair and I had that chance from the edge of the box where he just mm. sprung up like like even little things like that I thought like was just was so much better than what we put up last year and I actually didn't notice the time tick I felt like last time I was like last year I was like almost clock watching like it was like when's this fucking thing over and this one was, was fucking was, dull like, sometimes wasn't it yeah and like and like now it's like the half went super quick because it mm. was like uh, and I also I think that I don't think Atletico were ready for the way that we were going to play. Um, I, it just it just felt like that they weren't. They, I don't think they believed that we would actually play, play that way. So, sorry, a few, sorry, just a few thoughts on that, like yeah. on Otto were not being prepared. Like, so number one, I, I think so. They looked like they were just pumping balls behind our left back for the first half, and I think what they've done is to scout how we're going to play. They've watched the Vaughan matches that they could get their hands on, and obviously when you watch Vaughan play. Ferrazzo was playing as a left back and tucking in. So they've assumed we're going to play like that and just pump balls into the left channel. Um, and they kind of adapted second half when they realised, oh shit, no, he's playing right back and the right back's tucking in. And another thing on that, like I was I was chatting to my mate Shep earlier about the game because he was re-watching at the same time as me. And, he, and what he said is true. It was like, how have Ottawa, like we have just played three pre-season friendlies against three Ottawa teams. Like how the fuck have their like video analysts not had the due diligence to reach out to those clubs to find out how we played and like find out that our right back was inverting. Like, like that is a massive, like, I don't know. If you're in that role, you, you it's dark arts and it's shitty, but it's not exactly Bielsa in the bushes, is it? Like you can still just reach out to your contacts at them clubs and go, oh, how did they set up against you? But they clearly didn't because they had no idea that was coming. Yeah, it's funny. Like, like uh, it was advertised all these games. They could have just jumped on the plane and 
come to Halifax mm. with, and just watch the game themselves and work it out. You know what I mean? But um, yeah, yeah no, and like stick stick some round glasses and a little flat cap on on their coach Gonzalez, and he looks like he lives on Gottagen Street or Agricola, <laughs> doesn't he? So get get away with that, no problem. <laughs> but we we we, we can't. Uh, no talk about that first half uh obviously we're going to talk about the goal in a second but just the performance of uh lorenzo i i thought that yeah everybody's been kind of raging about him like um about how well he played i i think in your blog that you put that like he had 113 passes or something during the game which is phenomenal like when you think about it like that's like a, it's a, a almost like a fifth of our total passes like so well what did you make of his position where was he I know you kind of said that he was kind of sitting deep, but like, was was he like pressed right against our like um, defenders, or was he like a little bit more advanced? Like, how did he fit into the system? Yeah, he was he was um, just in front of well, not really just in front of the defense because he stepped up quite a lot, but he was definitely deeper than the other the other the, the five attacking players, and he was just everything to us. He was our technical reference point. Um, the hundred and thirteen passes thing, like. There, it was mentioned in um, uh, Benedict Rhodes did a really good article after the game, just kind of looking at important things that happened. And he mentioned it in there. And I looked at that and I thought, that ain't right, is it? Because like, you, your top midfielders average about 70 to 80 passes yep. a game. Um, Busquets, Rodri, Rodri is closest to 90, but not many players ever get to 100 passes in a game. Like 99 completed passes is absurd. So I don't know if that was like a, typo or like if but if he did get to that number then that's astonishing like to be to a fault almost actually because it means like like your a player's sorry the players on a team tell you who they think the best player on their team is so if all of our players are constantly looking up and going where's Lorenzo that tells me that they think he's the best player and that's who they should trust with the ball um, and he may well have had that many touches, that many passes. Sorry, which is yeah, astonishing. But he he was he was brilliant. He's every bit as good as I was hoping he was going to be. And he's if he keeps his level, if he keeps his focus, he's going to absolutely dominate this league. He, he basically on his own made us control them. Well, not really on his own because him and Ferrazzo were kind of in tandem, but they helped us control the midfield and. Yeah, I'm going to be interested to see what Otter would do against us on Wednesday because there's no way their their video guys haven't looked at that and gone everything went through him. So I imagine they'll sit one of their strikers on him and just say just block off the angles, sit on him tight, and don't let him control things. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see how he deals with that because right now we know he can play when he's got no pressure on him, but can he play when he's got someone like up his ass for ninety minutes? So we'll find out on Wednesday probably. Yeah, I, I, there was a couple of moments of like when he was being closed down and he seemed to kind of have the uh, technical nails to kind of get himself out of mm. sticky situations. Um, but yeah, it's it's I find with the the league like would it be like this the fifth season or whatever that a lot of pe- players that come with the kind of hype like that where like the PSG is on his like uh, CV and all that kind of stuff they very rarely ever live up to the hype and I know it's just his first game I'm not trying to get like I am kind of getting ahead of myself but still. It, it it was actually nice to see somebody actually live up a little bit to the potential that like everybody had been talking about. And mm-hmm. I, I I just love watching him. It was just so yeah. nice. And it's just it, it's one of those players that just it, it's just effortless, you know, it's just nonchalantly like just <laughs> spraying the ball around, you know what I mean? Uh so yeah, I, I, was, I was 
I was really impressed with him, and I, 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 I just wonder how we're going to because obviously it's it's a packed week. We've got like three games in the space of a week, so I, I wonder if we might see him maybe sit out on Wednesday, and because we've got the what, Forge what would game. You do? Would you? Would you? Would you like play a not a second string, but would you? Would you heavily rotate for Wednesday? Yeah, I, I think I, I think he already did for this game, oddly enough, because like I think everybody expected like 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 Wesley uh, Timoteo to to start, and he didn't come on until the second half. So I I think there was a couple of players that we all expected to be in the starting lineup that didn't, um, which was kind of nice. It was actually kind of nice that we have the quality to to have those pe- players on the bench. But I I definitely think we'll see some of the people who were on the bench start the game, and you know. I could I could see Lorenzo maybe sitting out like I would like Callum Watson came in and I, obviously like his fourth professional game like and he got like he he was like my spirit animal he got like a book within like two minutes ago to the pitch <laughs> which I I loved every minute of but you have pe- you have people that can kind of sit like switch in uh, Rampy can play there too or whatever so I don't know I I I think it might be a good idea to rest him for that game and bring him in for Forge because Forge is gonna be another tough game like next Saturday again like, I think that's that's gonna be a ding dong that is yeah like uh, like as much as the Canadian Championship has like provided some of the best Wanderers moments in terms of like the the games against Toronto and Montreal and stuff like that for for me like I want us not to finish last in the league or second last <laughs> in the league like I want us to actually be going for and I think that we need to prioritize the league that's just my I'm same as you mate 100% same as you yeah I don't I and this this isn't like only a wondrous thing like with Arsenal as well I never really asked about the cups like it's all about the league for me and I f- like like the Canadian championship it can give you, you like these really good nights every season one or two really good nights but it's not the bread and butter like if you get to the end of the season you're going to judge it on where we finish in the league not if we sold out the grounds versus Toronto on a Wednesday night, like that stuff matters obviously for optics and um, just, yeah, having those big nights for the city. But like from a football perspective, I would much rather us like lose on Wednesday and beat Forge. If you gave me that option. Me too. Like I, I, I just want us to, to do well and like not like just putting a good performance against Forge. I think it's important for the team to be like, it's going to look like that next step again because like we we played the regular season champions at their place put in a really good performance um and then going to the the champions like in the same week it's i think it's like, it it, just, it would just look better for us if we got something out of that game so uh i know you kind of touched on Ferrazzo there i kind of wanted to get um a little bit of <clears throat> like a little bit of his positional play and i also kind of wanted to just get your your thoughts on uh young nimic at the back there i thought he was like Lorenzo and Aiden Daniels will probably get like some some plaudits for the goal. Uh, but I thought Nimic was a rock back there. Like just there was quite a few times when he like just wasn't panicking and was just shepherding the ball out or just push like you know just moving players the right way. And so he's a very smart footballer. Um, so I just wanted to kind of get your thoughts on those two. Yeah, and I think it's good that you mentioned them in the same question really because Riley Ferrazzo can't do what he wants to do unless Daniel Nimick is super switched on 
and is able to sniff out like okay that space has been vacated in the right back position so I've got to move over I've got to make sure Omar comes with me he's got to make sure James comes with him so you've got kind of that back three who are quite compact while Riley Ferrazzo just yeah mate just watch him just watch him for 10 minutes don't watch anyone else just watch him it's so interesting what he does he's I put this in the blog, but I think he's basically been told you always have to be our spare man. So wherever the ball is, you just kind of like gently shuffle over there and make sure you're always at the tip of the triangle. You're always an out ball. You're always a release valve. And it just is so good at it. Like he's such a smart player. I can't believe I can believe he hasn't been snapped up, actually, because I've I've no idea what he looks like as like a more traditional out and out left back which is what I think he was advertised as. But as an inverted fullback, he is so smart and very two-footed, always always like the out ball, lovely passer. And him, so kind of, he had two partnerships. He had a partnership off the ball with Nimic, which I just mentioned, and had a really, really good partnership on the ball with Lorenzo as well. And they were just, like, I think a, a skill a footballer should have is knowing when to rest in like in-game rest and them two are really good at recognizing when like the energy levels would just hit, hit like a bit of a peak. So we need to rest. So then what they do is just do that kind of like little pass to one, little pass back, little pass to one, little pass back. And it doesn't achieve anything in terms of being proactively attacking, but it just settles you and says, okay, we're having a bit of a rest here. And yeah, lovely, lovely player. Nimic two, um, Really, what a, what a defense! Like so athletic, so fast, so strong. Um, I had a guy message me about him because um, he'd read the blog that I did previewing the the players, and he said like, um, he was like, oh yeah, like Nimic looks amazing, doesn't he? And he was like, he looks like Captain America. I was like, that, that's <laughs> spot on. That's exactly what you feel. like. Give him a cape, give him a mask because he's just he's, just, he's just an Adonis, isn't he? Just charging yeah. about like, oh yeah, brilliant, brilliant defender and. I think like the balance between between him and Omar is really good because Omar is a bit more chilled out, a bit more relaxed. Like he'll kind of drop back and sweep, and pass out, whereas Nimic is the one that engages and like kind of like steps into the duels, steps into the challenges, and is very aggressive. So yeah, both of them brilliant in completely different ways. Yeah, I um I I just love watching uh defenders like that. Just like just watching how their ability to read the game. As you said, it's not even it's not even like the tackles or whatever. It's like just knowing how to cover the space um and just being able to block stuff off. It's yeah, it's it's a great it, it almost feels like it's a part of the game that's kind of dying off a little bit. Like it's like the, the that kind of part of the game. But uh yeah he, he's fantastic and there was a lot of buzz around him again during um preseason and it's another one of those things that you just will the hype be there like is it just like you know some people just look good in training and then on match day they're terrible and he lived mm-hmm. up to it so i was really impressed and i think credit has to go to the scouting team because you know we, we didn't have like any player that you go like they don't look like they belong out there you know what i mean like i think that they all uh everybody like uh, and I think that comes down to being well coached too. Is that everybody knew the role, but like nobody was like, yeah, we've seen it a lot with the Wanderers because we have to kind of pick play, a lot of players up and hope for the best of them, and that they just look like a like they just don't belong. And I think everybody that was there on the pitch and uh, who came on just l- looked the part like proper professionals. 
you say you say about the scouting element of that and i think that's definitely like i i've written i've wrote a tweet about this and it's kind of done my head in a little bit that all of the focus in the media has been like Wanderers and like oh they've just signed a load of League One Ontario players like no they haven't they've signed three League One Ontario players they've signed more NCAA players yeah. that has been like that has been the recruitment strategy not League One Ontario that's just Patrice going oh the I work with these guys they're really good that's not a strategy the strategy has been going what did Forge do in the first season they they discovered a load of really good NCAA players brought them on board and they flew and that's what we've gone and done Patrice knows NCAA he's got a lot of contacts there and they've identified the best NCAA players and brought them in Nimic being a prime example of that so yeah I feel like a lot of people missed what the actual strategy was and yeah fair play to the scouting department for that so uh, just just switching to the to the goal itself um this this is the thing that I think people find uh frustrating sometimes with with Aiden Daniels is that he's capable of those sort of runs, but it, it almost feels like sometimes like like he's so hit and miss. You know what I mean? Like it's like he'll do something like that, and then the the next play he'll do something like he'll try something like I'm I'm all for players like trying the extraordinary because that's kind of what you want, but you also have to be like a bit of a realist too. And if you're like trying to take a shot from or, or trying to sweep a, a ball like forty yards across the pitch, like it's not like it's very rare. It's gonna it's gonna make there. Uh, like you know what I mean. But that that run was just exactly why we signed them. Like I there, like there's mm. nobody else in the team. I think that could have made that run. And the the layoff was just asking to be hit. like somebody had said on the commentary that it was just asking to be hit first time. It was. It was just. There's no way you needed to take a touch of that. It was just perfectly weighted, and uh, Zach just nailed it. So, uh, what, what, what did you think of the goal? And uh, like, how do you think that that was it? Lorenzo who broke up the play and laid it off. I'm not yeah. sure who it was. Like, it was just such a great goal. Yeah, he picked um Sammy Salter's pocket. Nice, Sammy fucking Salter. Your knob. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, that's 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 true. Like what you said, like it's exactly what you want Aiden Daniels doing. And I've I've I'm I'm just looking at him now and going right, clean, complete, clean slate. Like last season, like it didn't happen. Just this is a new season, new setup, new role. And he looked like first half, especially, he looked like he was having fun. He looked really switched on. And like you said, I remember when we signed him watching all the matches of his on USL and that's exactly what he was doing in the USL. That's why I was so excited about him. Like he, he drives like we've got a team of like, let's say 10 outfield players, eight of which are passers. And we've got two dribblers and that would be Aiden Daniels and Zach Fernandez. They're like the ones who you want like space in front of them to drive into. Because that's that gives you balance, doesn't it? You're not just trying to play. You're not trying to pass through the lines all the time. You've got someone who can. Like it, when you do what he does, then and beat two players, that completely disrupts the opposition shape. So they're like all about like fucking hell, our structure, our four, our two lines of four, and all of that. If if you just have someone that takes two players out of the game by doing that, then space opens up. Then the left back shits himself, tucks in a bit too far, and then you've got Zach Fernandez and all the space in the world. So. 
you need you need your Aiden Daniels to do that. And yeah, I thought he was really bright first half. Looked a bit tired second half, but yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing what he does this season. Yeah, that the the goal just from beginning to end was just beautiful. And I I, I think I scared the 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 the, sh- the shit out of our cat when I like screamed when he scored. So uh, <laughs> it was definitely worth it. <laughs> but then, but then, like uh, we were kind of chatting uh, during the game about the goal that uh, Atletico scored, and we just you made a really good point that uh, like we just seemed to like switch off because it was it, it was like you know just supposed to be one minute of at a time. Like Jan had just mm-hmm. like uh, cleared cleared the ball, cleared the lines. And it was like everybody was just expecting it to be blown up and nobody played to the whistle. And then one, that diagonal pass you were talking about for the whole game, that was the one that nailed us into the corner. So I just, I was kind of disappointed. Like I like I took a couple of screenshots like because I was just like, how, how have we allowed Ollie Bassett that much space? Because he had time for a touch and to, to, to place the ball where he wanted to. And it, it was just... So odd, but I, I did have a question because, like, I know you're a formation guy, but like, we had pushed, like, so uh, Ryan James was like, uh, obviously, like our left back, like, had pushed right across. So we had like, like, three or four defenders, uh, three defenders, like, pushed right over into the middle of the pitch that just left all that space there. And I was just asking to be kicked in. Like, so is that part of the fact when we have players attacking that we're kind of leaving ourselves a little bit exposed on? the left flank like that yeah yeah i mean one of the like the fundamentals is when you're defending you want to be compact like you it's it's almost okay to cede the wide areas because you're less likely to get hurt down the wings than you are in the center of the pitch which is like obviously you still can get hurt there but i think teams tend to like kind of squeeze in in those phases so the center of the pitch is protected with with the goal it's actually like it's one of those that's fairly easy to figure out what happened. Like you see, you see Jan's got the ball in his hands and you actually see him shout at the ref and ask how long left. And I think the ref must say 20 seconds or something because that's pretty much how long was left. So in that moment, he seems to like, like one of our principles of play seems to be more often than not, we'll build from the back. Like the two centre-backs will drop into the box and we'll build from there. But I think because Jan thought, right, there's 20 seconds left, nothing stupid, let's just like see out the last bit of the game. And he just boots it as far down there, as far into their 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 half as he can, thinking, okay, they won't have time to build, the ref's going to blow the whistle. Him doing this, I think, is a sign to the rest of the players who think, oh shit, okay, it's nearly half time. And just that like half a second to lose your focus a little bit by the time Ottawa have hoofed the ball back down the pitch our distances are off like we're all all half our distances have been brilliant between like the four midfielders the four defenders like really small spaces there and just in that moment because they think the whistle's about to go the distance is about five yards wider than it has been before and Oli Bassett just drifts into that space and yeah scores so it's like it's like a learning moment. I don't I don't think it's Jan's fault because I think he was just no. using his experience and going, okay, we need to just get this ball far away because the whistle's about to go. And like you can't legislate for an absolutely unreal pass from Luke Singh. It, it, it really was, to be honest. And yeah, you, you know, so that, it is what it is. Yeah, uh, yeah. Like I, I like the, I didn't mean to take away from the pass from Luke Singh. That was phenomenal, to be perfectly honest. And hmm. uh, it was a. Assi or whatever, 
I'm not too sure, but the guy who laid Young it lad, off, yeah. Yeah, like he took it really well and like he played a nice little ball into uh, Ollie Bassett. But yeah, we did kind of get hot cold on that one. But I thought that we came out the second half uh, quite bright. Like uh, we had a couple of corners. Uh, Mo Omar was mixing it in there, like trying to get headers and all that <laughs> kind of stuff. So I was, I was pretty happy with the response. Like we didn't, we weren't dejected because he... To, there's nothing worse than traipsing into halftime having conceded a goal like that. But I thought that um, I, I thought that we came out on the front foot and kind of uh, made sure that we weren't like our heads were down. But then there was a, a time towards the end of the game, it was like a, a 10 minute phase maybe where we were under the cosh quite a bit. Um, mm. How did you think that we cope with that? Um, and uh, do you think that we made the right substitutions at the right time? I think I think we did, yeah. I think um, we were kind of losing a little bit of control. So bringing Wesley Timoteo on, who's a very like neat player, nice passer, but he brings a bit of control. Um, bringing Callum Watson on, who is a very pressy sort of ten, who can stop Ottawa building from defensive positions, was a good move. So yeah, I, I, I like they did have a bit of pressure, but I don't remember ever feeling too scared it, it didn't feel it didn't feel that last last ditch to be honest I mean there was obviously the penalty incident which probably I think it probably should have been a penalty the handball although yeah. there is um that guy on Twitter um I think he's Victorian Gooner or something yeah, yeah. who is yeah he's a referee and he does all what he always does analysis of decisions like that and his analysis was that it wasn't a penalty um because he said Ryan James's arm the angle of the camera made it look worse than it was because his arm was actually behind his back, but ah, the camera okay. angle kind of made it look differently. Yeah. So, I mean, it looked like a penalty to me though, but I trust his analysis more than mine. Um, so yeah, I thought I thought we saw the game up pretty well, and I think both teams at one point were just like, "Yeah, I'll take a I'll take a draw." I just don't you just don't want to lose on the first day of the season, do you? No, definitely not. And I think I think that was. Um... There was some nervy moments there, like like when Ali Bassett went through. I thought Jan came off his line really well and blocked the angles that they kind of put him off. Mm. Um, and and they did have a couple of like little goal mouthy scramble things, but I thought we 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 looked a lot more solid than uh than what we have done. And I think I, I hate I don't mean to keep harping on it like last year, but I think last year we would have lost that game. So I was pretty yeah. happy, and I think as you said, like being able to bring on. Uh, a couple of players who were just kind of get in there and mix mix things up a little bit definitely uh helped us and we, we then were kind of able to start playing our game again a little bit and um yeah I, I I must say I really enjoyed it for the first game um so I guess uh who was your uh your man of the match it's Lorenzo isn't it it's all day long Lorenzo with a with an honorable mention to Ferrazzo and Nimic but yeah Lorenzo I'm I'm, I'm besotted Quite frankly, <laughs> I love it, and, and it's and it's great, mate, because I don't think his English is too good, so he's never going to listen to this. So I can I can be weird and creepy and tell and say how much I love him because he's never going to find out. So yeah. Uh, so if there's anybody who can uh, translate this <laughs> translate. and send it to Lorenzo, we'd really, uh, yeah, it's it's kind of hard to look past him, really, isn't it? Like I I, I kind of wanted to try and give to somebody else, but no, man, he was like. Mm. he just looked the part and I, I really hope that it wasn't just a one-off and this is nah. 
him for the season. So uh, I'm I'm pretty excited about that. And then just to uh, just to finish off, he, there, there was obviously apparently some other games in the uh, the CPL apart from our own. I'm not too sure if you're aware of that. Uh, did you get to see any of those games? I watched all of Pacific Vancouver, eighty percent of Cavalry Forge, and all of York. Valor. Nice, nice. It was a nice, nice weekend of CPL action, mate. It was so nice seeing all the full-looking stadiums. Oh yeah, like that's that... that's that was the nicest thing for me. Just like oh, it like, felt legit. And this, the CPL sent out something today saying it was like a sixty-seven percent increase mm-hmm. over last year. Uh, and I, I actually think that um, <clears> you know, I was kind of ch- chatting to a couple of people today, and I like. Atletico thing. I think when they did that last year, they had like fifteen thousand, and this time they had like seven. Uh-huh. Or like kind of pay what you want to, but I I, I think though that seven thousand will probably be the ones that are going to go. And I think having seven yeah. six seven thousand every week at your games is is where you should be. So yeah, I was really happy. Like the, it was it looked like a decent crowd at the Forge game. Uh, the Pacific game was sold out, which was amazing. And uh, then mm. York being York, it's. 1600 people um yeah it, it it just seems that it's always going to be an uphill battle for those guys but uh yeah like, like just yeah. i i got i did get a chance to watch all the pacific game um i, I thought vancouver were really good actually they're like um <clears throat> they've got some decent they've got some decent players and they get they did give uh, pacific a good run of it um that pacific towards the end of the game when they scored the goal and stuff like that it did seem like they're turning the screw a little bit but I definitely think Vancouver, they're not going to be the way that Ottawa were in their first year. I think they're going to be, they're going to surprise a few people. And um, I'm already regretting my choices for, for this. For <laughs> Me season. too, mate. I put, I put York finishing <laughs> second. Not a, not a chance. Well, uh, yeah, Manny, Manny Aparicio's goal was fantastic. Um, he's he's yeah. a great player. He, he would be brilliant for us, Manny Aparicio yeah. would be. I, I, don't I think we can afford him. Definitely not. But I think that, yeah, he just, mm. uh, the finish was just phenomenal. And it's kind of one of those things that, like, it looks easy, if you know what I mean. But that, that takes a lot of skill to be able to hit a ball like that um, when it's kind of rushing at you. So, yeah. How he, did you think How did you think they looked with Ongaro rather than Bustos? Oh, my God. I They're still finding their feet a little bit. I, I guess everybody expected them to be just, like, hoofing long balls up there. But they didn't. They were still kind of playing their game. And I think... Ongaro kind of at times looked a little bit lost as to what he was actually supposed to be doing. Um, and he also missed an absolute sitter of a chance in the first half. Um, but yeah, I, I thought that Vancouver marshaled them well. Uh, he didn't really get it. I don't think he did anything too spectacular. Um, but I think it's one of those things that he's just going to have to like develop into the, their style of play and just get used to it because it's probably different than what he's been used to before. So. But um, yeah, mm-hmm. like I don't know, he he he'll score goals. I think, like I, you know, he, he is a really good player. But I just think that, yeah, he just kind of lo- looked a little bit lost. How about you? Oh yeah, he's fine. He's I, I just, he's a bit of an upmarket Sammy Salter, isn't he? Like he's that sort of that sort of player. And Pacific, I was thinking about this this weekend. Like I don't know why I was comparing in my head like Forge and Pacific. I think I was thinking about who had sold a lot of players, and I felt like. Maybe I'm wrong here, but it feels like Pacific have sold quite a lot of players, whereas Forge haven't really yet. Forge have been the best team in the league since 2019. And I think it's because 
Forge are good because they're a systems team and they've not really got anyone that stands out. Like Becker stands out a little bit, but more because of kind of the way he carries himself rather than what he does. So you just kind of, you don't pick out individuals on Forge because they're all just working in this system, this well-oiled system, which I think is what we're going to end up being. Whereas Pacific are like, they don't, I, they don't like no kind of system jumps out at me. It's all just individuals who are quite good. Like Bustos was quite good. Um, Diaz was very good. And, and I, and I kind of, when I was watching them, it felt a bit like that again against Vancouver, like, like players jump out at you like Aparicio and Ongaro rather than structure. And yeah, I think there'll be that sort of team, which means they'll be quite inconsistent, I imagine. Um, but yeah, I, I don't see anything. I, I don't see. I, I looked around all them games, and I just don't see. I, there's nothing there that I'm too scared of, to be honest. Like I, I really believe in where this is going with us, and I'm sure I'm going to end up looking like a twat. And I, I know <laughs> at the start of every season, I come into things with all this misplaced hope and stuff. But yeah, I, I didn't see anything that worried me too much. Yeah. Oh, well, can we just talk about the cat, the cavalry second goal, by the way? Oh my god. What what finish? Like you know, you know, every time you like look at a goal of the season competition, there's two types of goals you see. There's like the ticky tacker team goal, and yeah. then there's the, like the thunder bastard where someone just twats it top corner. That goal was both of those things in one. Like they have the ticky tacker shit at the, in the midfield area, and then the guy just launched it. Oh, what I love that goal! Oh, yeah. it was it was phenomenal. Like uh, yeah, you usually always have. The, the thunder bastard, the ticky tacky one, and then so many people do like an overhead kick or like an acrobatic. Yeah, that's goal true. Too. Yeah. So yeah, yeah but uh, it's it's kind of nice that to have like a goal like that in the first weekend too. Like you know, it was that that game. I watched the highlights of the the Forge Calvary game, and it, it looked a really entertaining, a really entertaining game, and uh, two teams that were were really going for it and looked decent too. So um, yeah, really good I, I because did... I I. So I don't, I don't, I didn't think Cavalry would be very good this season. So I was quite surprised by how good they looked. Although stylistically, I do think they're the team that can give Forge the most trouble because they're very direct and Forge like the game to happen on the ground. And I think Cavalry are quite comfortable with the game happening in the air. So they're always going to give them a bit of trouble. Uh, I, I did want to get your thoughts on uh, York. I, I, I didn't get to see the game. I just saw the, the highlights um so I, I guess i kind of want like what went wrong for them uh it just like they you know, they, they just look really clunky really like agricultural and functional like, i i had them down a second in my predictions because i on paper i thought they look really really good spine added jeremy brilliant babuli i think is the best player in the league on his day um the other big striker from Ottawa but so I just thought like they they look really 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 strong and physical but then they just, they just look so slow and so clunky and it takes them about fucking 15 years to play it through the lines like moving through the thirds is like like watching a turtle in a race like it's <laughs> that sort of speed and sorry I know your mate <laughs> Angus listens to this so sorry Angus but um yeah I, I don't know I just They'll probably come good because I've, everything I've heard says Martin Nash is a really good manager and like tactically proper switched on, but it, they needed a bit more pace somewhere in that team, a bit more urgency. Yeah, and Valor looked quality, mate. Yeah, but uh, Valor were a bit like that, like last year, where they they kind of had a couple of games when they looked really good, and then they had uh, a couple of games where they looked absolutely dreadful. So you kind of wonder 
if that's going to be the same pattern for them this year, um, like you're you're on the, on the same team with York, it, they just on paper they look fantastic. Like it, like Angus made some really good signings. Their midfield, like, looks to be one of the best in in the league, and they just didn't show up. Like when I was watching the highlights, the amount of chances that Valor had, like like Nico G and Sopla's, like made probably four or five like top drawer saves. So it could have been way worse than what it was. And they, they as you're right, they just looked like they were switched off. They were second to everything. It, it just, I don't know. It, they just didn't look like a team. <laughs> yeah, like it, no. it just it's, it's funny. Like I, 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 you know, and it's it must be just like annoying for 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 them having built up so much hope in the the offseason with the squad they put together and you're right they're like they'll probably come good and it's just uh starting off the the season but you'd expect them to be beating valor at home to be perfectly honest so yeah it's how, it's... how much of it do you think is that they and this like this is not shitting on their supporters at all because like no but no, no joke. I genuinely think their supporters are the best in the league because it's very easy to turn up every week when you're part of 6,500 fans like we are, and you know there's energy there. It's not easy to turn up every week when you you know you're one of 700 and you've still got to bring energy. So, like, massive respect for their supporters. I think genuinely they're the best in the league for that reason. However, overall, York are the one club in the league, along with probably Valor, who don't have home advantage because like you lose all of the home advantage that comes with having big support people behind you cheering for 90 minutes. And I think they, I do think they suffer from that because every other team in the league really leans into that and uses it, but York don't really have it. Um, so yeah, just that's kind of, maybe I'm wide them up. That's the way I see it with them. Yeah. I can totally, I can totally understand that. Like, and it's just kind of funny the way that, like it's kind of laid out a little bit. Like there looks looks like an awful lot of empty space too. Like behind the goal, over this side of the, the mm. stadium, and like you've just got the the, the one stand, and then they built that we like temporary one at the back there. So it, it it's it's kind of it's not ideal, I think, for for football to be honest, because you no. kind of want that. Like, and I I think that's where some of the other teams suffer too, where like you know you only have support on one side of your stadium because they're so big. Uh, and I think that's why where we're lucky and uh, Pacific are really lucky that they have that kind of box of sound kind of thing. I've talked to Angus a few times and you know, I'm sure like he's sick of like talking about the same thing over and over again, but it's just such a horrible market to try and um, to tap into when you've got like up the road, you've got the Jays and you've got Bernadeschi and Insigne like, you know what I mean? It's and that's no disrespect to the players at York because they, as you said, we've got some fantastic footballers. It's just trying to, and there's nothing as well around that stadium. Like I've talked to because we were supposed to be going on the party plane. Fuck you, Porter. Um and like the the, the guy from Dublin that I know up there, like he was like like there's no there's nowhere to go. Like there's no pubs or you know what I mean. Whereas like Air Stadium is like right downtown. So you know like if. You can kind of make a day of it, right? Whereas, like here, it just seems like you like you go, and then you go, <laughs> like you go to the game, and then you just mm-hmm. fuck off back somewhere else. So it, it's the little bits of it all just seem not really put together properly. I guess would be my way of saying it. But you know, uh, Angus is smart, and I, he, he, I'm sure he'll figure it out eventually. 
and that's not it's not on him either like i've listened to his interviews with you and they're all really good and yeah. he he's well aware isn't he and always yeah. says that like he he knows it's just hopefully they can get it done sooner rather than later yeah because like, i i think uh like i was i was really impressed at like the the amount of fans that vancouver brought to the pacific game like you know for yeah a brand new team it was kind of awesome and a, a big shout out to all the wondrous fans that made it to uh to mm. the place they definitely brought a good buzz of energy it looked like there was like two 200 300 people there maybe I'm like yeah over it over oh, that. uh but uh, oh, yeah know, mate. They, they feel they seem to fill that section pretty well yeah. so um and yeah, yeah. I, I i thought that uh it's it's nice that we're, we're able to, to start like seeing away fans in stadiums like you know i, I think whenever we have away fans it's usually like five <laughs> at our stadium <laughs> but it was kind of nice to see a good traveling and i think uh for the game tomorrow, we might see. Uh, oh, sorry, the, the game on Wednesday, we might see uh, some more Wanderers fans in attendance because I'm sure people probably just like hung around to to go to the other game. So, so yeah. I so think, I think I read just before coming on. I think I read on Twitter a couple of Forge fans, like friend of the pod, Kev, talking about. I, I think a few of them are going, aren't they? Like Forge are going to represent for Wanderers. A few oh, Forge fans. Weird. Nice. Yeah. Every everyone's second favorite team. Yeah, there we go. I love that. <laughs> we're we're the we're the Newcastle of the CPL. Um, uh, you you wait till we're, you wait till we're decent though. They'll fucking hate us. I, I can't I, wait for that. that I I would rather be hated for that than <laughs> than to be liked <laughs> as a second team because we're like <laughs> we we get some people at our stadium. But uh, yeah, I just <laughs> um just just before we go, uh, I, I'm I've been quite impressed by uh. The, the amount of new podcasts and blogs and stuff that have been springing up around the team it's it's so nice and refreshing that um people are starting to take notice and trying to put some stuff to uh the, to the pen and to microphone to uh to, to get into it so it, there's so many like little and i think this is what's going to help the league uh grow a lot quicker is that when you get fans involved, I guess talking to my buddy who's a York fan, apparently they're going to be starting a new podcast about York and, you know, there's a, Kev has one, I think, as you said, uh, there's yeah. another, I think there's an, there's another one out there in Forge too. We, we have here, we've got quite a few now. We've got, uh, um, Simon Springer's one, the, they up to North. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah. And you've got this one that Martin Bowman from the coast is, is doing. Uh, what was it? Uh, uh wondrous grounds yeah uh yeah and, I, uh, oh no wonder yeah something like that. i had a listen though it's really good yeah, yeah it's it was actually quite fun uh i think it's him and the the political editor or something which is kind of it's kind of cool no yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. The, the new the new blog as well um a lad one um wonders notebook or something is cool yeah. which was good so hopefully everyone listens to those podcasts and reads those blogs as well because yeah and then we've got uh obviously like denton will be i'm sure working furiously away at uh, the new cookbook for the new season so yeah it's mm. it's those little things that uh and then mayflower sports where they they do stuff too so it's just it's just nice that we have Merchant um, sailor Yes, uh, we've got false nine. Sometimes do like they have a section yeah. on their show dedicated to the wonder. So, yeah, it's it's kind of nice, and this is how we get the word out there, and we get uh, people showing up, and we get people interested in supporting having the stadium built and, and all that kind of stuff. So, for well done to everybody. Uh, if you ever need a hand with anything, don't forget to reach out to Gary. Uh, he's at uh, From Aways <laughs> on Twitter and on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> Gary, football's back. Football's back in oh, Canada. Oh, mate, I love it. I love it. Yeah, it's so nice. Bye, so, so next week we'll we'll get to have a, a double a double episode, I guess, because we'll have the Canadian Championship game and we'll have yeah. Forge. Um, so yeah, so if anybody has any feedback from the show or wants to drop in any questions uh, for me and Gary for the next episode, please do at down the pub pod and Gary's up from away, as I said, on uh, Twitter and Instagram. So until next week, take care. Get out! Out to fuck!